Again, it's June 26th, Tuesday. You're back in the studio with Mark Zastro about science and technology. And uh, good morning. Good morning to you. Um, really, really interesting topics today. As a matter of fact, it's my f- one of favorite uh, topics. So what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to be talking about food. Well, genetically modified foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, this, this debate about whether or not they should be labeled and how they should be labeled in mm-hmm. supermarkets. Well, this debate is really heating up here in Korea. And some of the candidates from last week's election actually talked about this uh, GMO. So can you uh, give us a little bit of updates about what's going on? Yeah, definitely. We we certainly saw a lot of uh, protests and activism Mm -hmm. uh, recently, even this spring, as groups have been calling on Moon Jae-in and his administration to follow through Mm -hmm. on these campaign promises to... uh, basically tighten the laws requiring labels, identifying genetically modified foods or or foods containing genetically modified crops like corn or soybeans. Uh, It's a debate that's played out in many places around the world where GMO crops are produced and consumed. Uh, Korea is, of course, not a large producer of GMO crops, but we're a huge importer of it, right? Uh, GMOs, you know, they're not that common in Europe. They're deeply unpopular, especially in Germany and France. But they are totally ubiquitous in the food system in the U.S., uh, other countries around the world, including Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the world's two largest producers of GMO crops. And both of these countries have also gone through these very large, uh, fractious Uh, public debates about whether or not to label GMO crops and how to do them. And the situation of both countries is still sort of in flux. So, you know, there's a lot of fear and concern around the world relating to GMOs, uh, some of which is founded and a lot of uh, which is not. Right. So let's talk about the safety issue that may be as the primary concern in this debate, whether or not GMOs are safe to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, as in person, of course, I want to know if the product that I'm eating is safe or not. Right. So uh, uh, what can you tell us about it? Well, I'm going to start by you know, mentioning the, the caveat that by its nature, science can't prove that any given food is, is safe, 100%, mm. right? You know, saying food is safe is basically saying that it does not have a bad effect on you. And, you know, as the saying goes, you can't prove a negative. What we can say so far is that science so far has not found any substantiated link to ill effects. And, uh, and that is the case for GMO food. So far, the, the bulk of the evidence, all the scientific studies that have been done, uh, have not found any significant link to ill health effects. There, right. There's no credible study, at least, that shows that danger. Uh, there have been some not very reliable studies. There's one infamous study in particular, the so-called Seralini study, uh, named after one of the authors. It came out uh, in 2012. And it purported to show that GMOs could cause infertility in rats. Mm. Uh, But that study was heavily criticized by other scientists when it was released. And it was eventually retracted by the journal that published it for its, basically, its poor statistical techniques and methods. So, so far, there there is no no published credible link to any bad effects. So, uh, if we can't find out the link to this two different... um topic, then uh, how do we find out if GMO is, as a matter of fact, uh, okay? Well, I'm not going to say the word safe, but okay to eat. Right. Well, and what proponents would say is that it's the exact same process and methods that we go through to approve any food, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the regulations are, uh, are 
not different in most countries, right? The, mm -hmm. A genetically modified crop is going to go through the same kinds of safeguards and the same kinds of testing to make sure that it's, it's not uh, harmful as any other kind of crop or any other crop that may be modified by other means, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe conventionally uh, genetically modified through crossbreeding. Right, not necessarily using genetic engineering. You know, right. Over the the history of food uh, and food regulation, we've always had the system in place, and it's not always perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no reason proponents would argue to suspect that GMOs are going to be any more likely to to have harmful effects or to produce harmful foods than the other methods that food companies have used over the years. You know, food companies have been genetically modifying crops for years using chemicals, using right. radiation to produce mutations in these, uh, the genomes of these crops, trying to find a favorable mutation that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, produces some effect they want, whether it's more disease resistance, whether it's a higher yield or just a, a better taste, mm -hmm. right? And so in, in a way, genetically modified crops, its proponents would argue, are the new generation are, are more precise. You can be more precise about how you edit them instead of just causing these random mutations. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was young, in, uh, back in elementary school, I tried to put uh, tomatoes and uh, potatoes together and then grow them together. That mm. was one of the science experiments that I did back in those days. And did it work? It did. It did. So I did <laughs> want the award, but actually I was uh, taught by a teacher, so it wasn't really my research. But um, for those people who, well, not necessarily in favoring, but uh, they opposed to uh, labeling these GMO food, um, what are they talking about? What are they arguing? Yeah, they argue that, you know, because uh, it's safe and there's no shown link, that uh, there's no need to put a label on it. Uh, but they, you know, they also argue that uh, it could make people fearful to mm. see these labels in the supermarket, you know, in the same way that tobacco warnings on right. cigarettes, you know, scare people away from buying them. And, uh, you know, for this reason, many scientific groups, including the American Association for the Advancement of Science, have issued statements that are opposed to GMO labeling. And some of those who are against labeling uh, go further and argue that, you know, the labels could hurt the market environments for all GMO crops, mm -hmm. which would potentially dissuade companies from developing crops that might be of help to poorer countries that struggle with food security. I mean, mm -hmm. countries like North Korea, for instance, they could use more disease-resistant crops. They could use crops with increased yields. Uh, and those products might be less likely to develop to be developed if people are afraid of GMOs and that there's this heavy regulation, according to this argument. And also they could just lead to an increase in food prices generally if people uh, don't want to buy GMO food products. Mm -hmm. So then poorer people, often marginalized communities and countries around the world, they could be hit hard economically if their grocery bill goes up. So a uh, GM of products, food products, could be controversial in uh, finance or economic uh, reason. But um, even if GMOs appears to be safe product, um, mm -hmm. isn't there uh, consumer rights where they mm -hmm. have to know where the food is coming from? Right, exactly. And I think that's what makes this so tricky because I think everyone agrees. We as consumers have the right to know right. where it's coming from, how it's produced, especially in a country like Korea where so much food is important. And, right. you know, this is, the, this is the crux of the issue. Um, you know, there are some scientists and GMO advocates who are in favor of labeling GMOs, actually, for a variety of reasons. Uh, some people feel that that's a, it's a pragmatic compromise uh, to, to have them in stores. Uh, some people feel that if you label it, it will actually make people less afraid 
of GMOs that after a while, you know, people will just start to tune it out and ignore the label. Uh, so that argument goes, you know, having labels will actually normalize uh, GMOs. But then, you know, aside from the safety issue, I mean, there are other reasons to be concerned about GMOs. For instance, because uh, genetic engineering is so precise, uh, many people argue and worry that uh, it gives those few food companies that can produce GMO crops uh, much more power, especially over farmers in poorer countries. And if you have maybe one or two strains that are clearly superior, you know, what happens if all the farmers adopt only those strains? That could hurt biodiversity, potentially the sustainability of farming in that region. So, yeah, a lot of consumers say, I want GMO labels so that I can be better informed about what I'm eating. And I guess the problem is then becomes how do we create labels that are actually informative and not just scary? And a lot of countries around the world have struggled with this. Uh, for instance, in Brazil, since 2003, uh, the label for GMO food products has been a large letter T for transgenic. And it's sort of in this yellow warning triangle. So it looks like a nuclear. <laughs> right, exactly. Like a nuclear hazard or a biohazard sign. It, you know, it looks uh, pretty scary, but... Many people say that this sort of one-size-fits-all approach isn't really helpful because not all GMOs are the same. They may be modified in different ways and have different effects on the crop. So the Brazilian Senate actually is right now uh, considering changing those regulations. And if it does, it would be, I think, one of the first countries in the world to actually revise its laws in this way to, uh, to, to I think, take a more informative approach as opposed to a warning approach, which may not be justified. Okay, so that was Mark Zatra about GMOs for uh, science and technology. Thank you, Mark. Thank you.